Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. Yes, because we are recording on May the 4th, so happy Star Wars Day, everyone. And Even though you're not going to hear it until, you know... Sunday-ish. Um, <laughs> also, May the 4th, they're giving Carrie Fisher her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, God bless him. Po- posthumously, of course, but yep. I saw some shots of them, like, putting the, like, frame, the stencil out, mm-hmm. where they're getting ready to do it. You might hear some munching and gulping in the background. Uh, Brockter Jones was nice enough to grill, up, grill some burgers for us. Yes. Oh, and I guess I should say that we're uh, recording live in the Nerd Lounge. <laughs> recording live in the Nerd Lounge. That's <clears throat> That was what I described it as when we were coming down here. I, I guess that name's going to stick. The now. Nerd Lounge. I, I, yeah. See? I like it. It's grown. We've got names, and now we have a location that we're recording from. The Nerd Lounge. Live from the Nerd Lounge. That needs to be an album. That might be the new... I could say that'd be the new title if we didn't just bitch about Hollywood. That seems to be on brand with what <laughs> yeah, we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah. We've, uh, me and the kiddo, we've taken to, um, we've, we've broken out the old rock band. 
instruments. Oh, nice! And he keeps so trying to play with them. We've been um, we've been coming up with new we've been coming up with names for bands for our. I think when I have house parties again, which will probably be soon, I think the in-house band is going to be called Waka Flocka Seagulls. <laughs> but for me and for me and the kiddo, just our own band. I think we've decided on the Dead Kennys. I'm sorry, the Dead Kennys. Dead Kennys. I like but, that one. And then um, we, I had a bunch of other, I had a bunch of other choices too. One of, one of my favorites that was really high in the running was the B plan, the uh, Plan B Survivors. That almost goes with my, uh, I had a couple of band names on my rock band. One was the Slingshot Hamsters. <laughs> the other was the Backdoor Abortions. Yeah, I remember that one. Not so PC, but it was just a funny pairing of words. Yeah. Makes you think. I discovered this the other day. Apparently, um, Finger Eleven, before they actually became Finger Eleven, they put out an album under a different name. And it was Rainbow Butt Monkeys. I love that name. I think they should go back to it. Fuck yeah. Finger Eleven. Rainbow Butt Monkeys is where it's at. <laughs> I'm just saying, guys. Time to rebrand. <clears throat> you guys had a good thing going. You fucked it up. Yeah. I found this interesting list. I haven't really read through it yet. But I thought it was all just going to be other movies. But this is deleted scenes in horror movies that shouldn't have been cut. Okay. Granted, this list came out in July of 2021. It's two on, years old. It's on Ranker.com. And uh, it's Jody Smith there. I'm giving credit where credit is due. Whether or not we want to give her credit for this one time we're done with this list, we'll see. Uh, a deleted scene from The Shining. It was Danny and Wendy's Coda. Hmm. Apparently in the shooting script, you can find what the scene was. Wendy and Danny are in a hospital after the events in the Overlook Hotel. They're visited by Mr. Ullman. Okay. He, he informs the shell-shock pair that the body of Jack was not recovered from the scene where he was left frozen in the maze, adding to the idea that he became a part of the hotel after all. Keeping this in the film would make the strange fate of Jack concrete and let the audience know that it wasn't just the character's delusion. That's fair. I mean, I thought it was. Honestly, I really don't know how you could uninterpret that. I assumed I always assumed he just became part of the hotel. Well, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the ending where he's the picture He's in the picture. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't really see how that was. Unclear, I, I suppose, I guess I um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nancy's mother reveals more about Kruger's crimes. Oh, OK. From the first one. Uh huh. Now, that I wish I would have left in, because that would have been interesting. She reveals that the children murdered by Kruger were the firstborn children of the town. And now he was back and targeting their other children. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Alien Ripley finds Dallas. Oh, that is a good scene. An alien app. Revolutionary film. Yeah, the scene emerged. Do you know the original ending for Alien? No. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish your... It was just this emerged in the director's cut. So that okay. scene was eventually put back in its proper place. The original ending to Alien. Sorry, I have a mouthful of burger. The original ending to Alien was going to have the alien actually get on Ripley's um, escape pod and kill her. And then it was going to mimic her voice and uh, law, um, you know, report to whoever was going to pick up the ship. Wow. Yeah, so that that was pretty dark. 
obviously they never shot it, but a deleted scene from it, the 2017 version, like chapter one. God damn, both of those chapters are like two hours and change. I don't know how you would. Henry kills his friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you're right. That was that was in. No, wait, did he actually do that in the miniseries? I don't remember. He, I don't think he did. I remember him killing his dad. Yeah, I remember he did that in the in the movie, too, right? He killed his dad mm-hmm. in chapter one. So Henry kills his friends in the 2017 version then? Yes, apparently there was a deleted scene where he did. It shows Henry falling further, even even further into madness, created by Pennywise, when he takes out his buddies, Victor and Belch. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I bet that's in the book, even. Probably. I've never read the book because it's fucking five million pages long. Oh, here we go. There's a movie I haven't heard mentioned in a little bit. Cabin Fever. I have still never seen that one. Take a drink, everybody. There is a deleted scene where Ryder Strong's character, Paul, throws a body in the basement. <laughs> okay. Right. Now, the Blair Witch. Heather explains keeping the camera rolling. Hmm. A deleted scene about why she's keeping the camera rolling. I don't know why you deleted any scenes from that. Like, if it's supposed to be found footage. Yeah. I get it. We were all in on it. All right. 1408. There were more creepy room variations. Oh, I believe that. It's been a long time since I saw that. When I tried to watch it, we had food poisoning, so we didn't. We were kind of in and out of that film. Uh, The Thing. Which version? Um, This is the 82. Okay. The good one. And the 82 remake of The Thing. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. remake of a 50s movie, The Thing from Another World. Yeah, Nall's Death. Apparently there's a deleted scene showing Nall's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Deleted scene technically was never filmed, but the storyboard remains. Nall's Death. Okay. Right. Event Horizon, more crew carnage. Ooh. Oh, I would have watched that. I fucking love Event Horizon. That's one of my favorite horror films. Paul Anderson managed to cut footage of even more violence then the included eye gouging and blood licked weir, making the argument for more of what makes Event Horizon so compelling and fantastic. It was a uh, crew that members. That film was goddamn terrifying. Horrific visions of mangled bodies before. Yeah. Halloween 2018, a Ooh. shower jump scare fake out. Uh, okay. Uh, Devil's Rejects, Dr. Satan in the hospital with Rosario Dawson. I've not seen that one either. That would have been interesting to see because, yeah, Dr. Satan was, you know, a character in the first. Right. Nightbreed. <laughs> there's a lot of shit that, <clears throat> well, obviously it's two different versions now. There's the director's <clears throat> cut and then there's the theatrical. But... Yeah, Peliquin and uh, Shana make love. With his red, their red flesh dreadlocks and Shana has quills. Making a scene where the two creatures have sex a pretty amazing argument for its inclusion. Hmm. <laughs> All right, that's fair. The to be fair, it's Cl- it wouldn't be a Clive Barker film if there wasn't somebody fucking in it. The Fly, there was a cat-baboon hybrid. In the 86, Which version of the, the, the 86, 86 the, the, remake. The Goldblum one? Yes. Wow. He creates a teleportation device. Yeah, we knew all that. Apparently, he, however, he enters in it one day. A fly sneaks into the pod, yeah. Splicing their genes. Okay, we get the plot. How'd they get the fucking cat-baboon hybrid? One scene that existed in the first cut of the film, but was later excised, involved Seth experimenting with other hybrid creatures created in his teleportation pods. 
The barbaric combination of a cat and a baboon lives a very short, violent, and confusing life. Post-fusion. Gross. That's, that's the list. That was a really short list. I'm sure there are other deleted scenes in different movies that would have made the movie better, or at least maybe explain plot holes that people have pointed out. I was thinking the other, when I was re-listening to one of our podcasts the other day, I was thinking, man, Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, that's another one that the marketing was better than the film itself. <laughs> but specifically for that one, uh, the you know what I'm about to say, the sci-fi the uh, con- special. The continued marketing after the movie came out and people had seen it, they kept the whole illusion of it being found footage going for a good length of time. Oh, yeah. Before any of those people ended up on talk shows. Mm-hmm. So just for that alone, I think the, the original Blair Witch stands out. It's not a great horror movie. But if you were a part of the, if you bought into the marketing. Yeah. And you were there to suspend your disbelief long enough to go along for the ride. <laughs> it, it succeeds in its mission of being really creepy. Like I didn't, I don't the close up with the snot and all that. the ending. Like the, it's all this build up to that really that creepy ending, ending. Yeah, that's it. That ending was great. Not going to argue. I that. want to say they had that ending written. And the rest of the movie was like, like, how do we get to that? Let's just mm-hmm. get to that. Filler, 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 filler. Creepy ending. Cut. Done. <laughs> Not for nothing, but I kind of feel that way about at least the first Paranormal Activity movie. I haven't watched any of those. I guess because I was a little jaded after Blair Witch. <clears throat> no, that's that's respectful. I, I get that. <laughs> I was like, not another found footage. Didn't we already run this one into the ground one time? Oh, no, because... The Here's bl- a deleted scene that would have made a horror movie better. The original ending to Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, that's true. Because isn't that originally how it ends on Broadway, too? I believe so. He feeds Audrey to the plant. The plant eats him. Baby plants take over the world. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so you have a bunch of Audrey 2s running amok. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it, <clears throat> the one... The one good thing about the Blair Witch is between like the Blair Witch and paranormal, like the first paranormal activity, there really wasn't, nobody else did anything in the found footage department, really, or at least nothing of note. There might've been a couple of experiments here and there, but it was, there was nothing that like everybody went and saw, you know, like they did those two. Yeah. So I think that's why when paranormal activity came out, everybody was like, oh shit, this they did and, that. They and did then that it kind one, of re-jump started the genre. <laughs> there was that one horror movie, Unfriended, I think, or something like that, that was all social media and a lot of texts popping up on screen during That seemed like an interesting idea, but I never watched it. It wasn't bad. It was an interesting concept. Updating that now, <laughs> I think it'd be really interesting to see a horror movie done via multiple TikToks. Oh, that'd be funny. Um, give it time. I'm sure it'll happen. Because you, you could have each character that's in it. We follow their different TikTok streams. Man, there was one There was one we tried to watch on Hulu, me and the kid. And it's basically... They basically beat you to death with... the with Technology is bad. Don't trust technology. <laughs> and I, I forget what the actual name of the film was, but it's just... 
it was so bad we couldn't even watch it. <laughs> we could like, and, and that's very rare because usually when wasn't I start that, something, wasn't that the message behind Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because it like it had the potential to be a good, it had the potential to be a good horror film and a, and an interesting concept. But man, they just they beat you to death with that, and it was just like. We get it, we get it. The internet's bad, okay? We get it. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling like if they were to ever update and redo the movie Gossip, social media would oh, yeah, factor sure. into it hugely. But yeah, don't be surprised if there ends up being a, some sort of TikTok-ish horror film. Oh. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna jump onto that. A24 or Blumhouse, one of those two will do it. I guarantee it. Not right now, though. <laughs> I told you I saw Megan, right? Yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I did like that one. Oh, and guess what we finally watched this past weekend? We watched the cinematic masterpiece that is Cocaine Bear. <laughs> what did you think of the that? The dude was right. Better than 9,000 Citizen Canes. Oh, my Lord. That conservatively. was... Conservatively. Conservatively. Like... It's it, so good. It's... It knows exactly what it is. And it doesn't, it doesn't try to be, it doesn't else. try to be anything else. It's just, it's perfect. It's, it's the itch you're looking to scratch when you watch that film. Cause you know, going in, you're like, this is about a bear that's high on cocaine and chaos ensues. That's literally all you need. <clears throat> that's, that's, and you get exactly what you want out of that film. It's perfect. It, unlike snakes on a plane, which like, because again, snakes on a plane, they delivered on their premise, but they they did it in such a manner that it's like not I don't know. It's so it's it's not as like tongue in cheek and ridiculous as it should have been. Snakes on a plane. I don't feel. Like the This is gonna be a weird explanation, but Cocaine Bear almost feels like a demented version of a Coen Brothers or Wes Anderson film. Because you have all these random fucking characters around, a f and, and and your plot is a fucking bear on cocaine. All these characters have to intersect somewhere somehow. Exactly, right? yeah. It, it all intersects, and it all comes together, and all the characters kind of roughly know each other. <clears throat> like, there's, there's maybe like four or five degrees of separation between any given person in that in the cast. So it's, and that's why I say it's like a, that's why I say it's like a demented Coen brothers, because it feels like, <laughs> it feels like a plot that they could have pulled up. Yeah. That made into a Coen brothers film or a West or one of those, or all the quirkiness of a Wes Anderson film with all the quirky characters, that's, all the different that's characters. That's funny. Let's look at the kids high on Coke. That was hilarious. That was great. The Cubs. The Cubs. I didn't expect that at all. I was I like, did. oh man, that's great. Yeah. I, that was freaking amazing. The song the song choices they used in the soundtrack were just priceless. Just absolutely perfect. It gave it it gave it it gave it even more of the superb 80s flavor. Poor, poor, poor Ice Cube Jr. <laughs> Dude! <clears throat> who the fuck is gonna attack Ice Cube Jr.? Three fucking white hooligans. <laughs> They ain't, even eight, exactly, they ain't even 18 years old. This was exactly they goddamn they were. stupid? Yes. <clears throat> like, that was the only part where I really had... I mean, 
I have to kind of suspend disbelief that the bear was snorting all that cocaine and didn't fucking die of a heart attack. But of all the realist, realistic, quote unquote, parts of the film, that seemed the least realistic to me. <laughs> was like, who is going to jump Ice Cube's son? Who has the balls? Like, I wouldn't fuck with Ice Cube on a good day. Those those three <clears throat> wannabe thugs in the middle of freaking Appalachia. Like, <laughs> like, are you guys dumb? Yes, they're very dumb. Oh, they're my God. They going were going up against a hardened fucking drug dealer. They were annoying as hell. I'm glad he whooped their fucking bitch ass. <laughs> The one, the one by himself, the one by himself was funny when you got him paired up with Ice Cube and the other dude when they were searching for the cocaine. Yeah, uh, the other dude was not. Well, he wasn't necessarily funny, but, but he was. the The contrast of him just being a depressed mopey, with good reason, he's depressed. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't care about. It. I went out. Yeah, Poor Ice Cube's losing fingers. <laughs> that was also hilarious. How the hell did you how the hell did you shoot off these two fingers and miss the one? Like that that was so great. <clears throat> like they even I love that the movie even pointed out its own absurdity in parts. That's that, that that's point, one of them. They should have pointed out the makeup job on Ray Liotta. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, but God bless him. That was his last film. He was probably he probably wasn't looking so great at the end. Yeah. Because wasn't he... Didn't he pass away of cancer? I don't remember. You know what? I'm going to look it up while you while you talk. I... Well, I stuffed my face. Uh-huh. Well, earlier I mentioned that um, Karen Gillan of Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy fame uh, apparently has mentioned on Twitter or something to James Gunn that she wants to be considered for Poison Ivy. And that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm 100% for that. Because now I'm picturing Margot Robbie and her going on a crime spree throughout Gotham. I'd watch it. Give me some good makeout scenes, too. <laughs> uh, apparently, he just suffered a heart attack late at night, died peacefully while sleeping. Yeah. So I guess, I don't, I don't know. But, but yeah, he... I don't know. And uh, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot. I like I, I have, I've bookmarked any of the stuff or not. Apparently. But the other thing I mentioned, you know, the TikTok horror movie might happen at some point, but not right now. Because <laughs> all the people who would come up with that idea are on strike. Oh, yeah. So what's going on with this writer's strike? Because I, they're I legitimately didn't know what it was even. They're happening. negotiating for better rates for the writers from mm. streaming services. Okay, that seems fair. Because currently I even pulled up. I have it somewhere. I don't understand all of the language of it. Yeah, with streaming being so new. Writers Guild 2020, I guess was in the most recent contract, revised and published in November of 2021. I've got their schedule of minimums. This is free to anybody who wants to go to the WGA website. And you can look at the contract. And it breaks down like theatrical compensation, thresholds, pension plans, television compensation, which is a different bucket. Different as opposed to streaming. 
versus and it's depending on length of program 15 30 60 90 120 yeah um and that is for primetime network tv non-primetime network tv is a different category rewrites polishing if you just did a synopsis and outline low budget like there is a lot this covers a lot of ground like Comedy and variety programs, quiz and audience participation, <laughs> lyrics and unaccompanied music. Like, this is pretty thorough. And I'm just looking at some of the pay scale stuff on the low end and the high end because it shows low and high. Like, for theatrical compensation, <sighs> original screenplay, including treatment, it looks like a grand total of 77000 495. We need to start writing screenplays, sir. On a high end of 145, 469. We really need to start writing screenplays. And I think that total <laughs> is broken down based off of delivery of final draft, the screenplay, the first draft, the original treatment, install yeah, installments for employment. So you actually get that broken up depending you know, as you do each step. So it's like 35,000, 30,000, 11,000. Okay, right, right, right. So, so it's not like, so you don't just get, you don't just hand in a screenplay and be like, hey, give me $100,000. It's, you hand in your, you hand in the original and you get like 30,000 and then you do a, for, then you do a new yeah. draft and you get another 30. Yeah. Okay. So each thing is like, that is for an original screenplay. Then there's a non-original screenplay, including treatment. And they've got, I mean, they're pretty thorough with the breakdown of categories. And I'm just looking at these numbers going, man, that's that's awesome. I mean, that sounds great. That's coming from, you know, rural Midwest. As these, opposed to these people in live California. in California. Yeah. So where everything is mucho expensive. Yes. So and you think <clears> of how much time it takes someone to write a screenplay, and do all that work. That's how much they're getting a year, maybe if they're lucky. I mean, and that's just this. Like, you're getting a TV, eh, similar numbers, I think. Was that TV? Nope, that's still theatrical and television basic agreement. Theatrical budget thresholds. Week-to-week -week and term employment. So there is, like, you get paid 6000 a week or something. Like, I, I mean, I fully support them because they're probably getting absolutely shafted when it comes to netflix and other streamers original content like paying their well runners. i think the last time they negotiated everything i don't think streaming was it wasn't it was either not as big a thing as it is now or it was in its infancy right and so, as much content as streamers like hbo yeah netflix are even getting from other libraries the writers are like you're i don't believe your writers are getting much residual if I get on Netflix <laughs> and watch House. Right. They're prob you're probably not getting as much residuals from watching on streaming. Right. So. So, yeah, it makes sense to renegotiate that. And apparently I, I was reading somebody else posted what that means, that the Writers Guild is on strike. That means they're not writing movies. They're not writing television shows. And that includes Late Night mm -hmm. and Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. like those, those guys are all in reruns right now. Not for nothing, but I hear that's kind of for the best for SNL at the moment because they're, I hear they're not having a good run at the moment. They were going to have Pete Davidson back to host, but that episode got canceled due to this. Mm -hmm. uh, it, But writers are still able to do some animation, 
because I I don't know what the differentiation part between the different types of animation. If you can write a cartoon series or if you video games, books, things like that, writers can still work on. But it's movies and television is why they're striking. But like um, anything that's already been in the pipeline, that's still happening. Like just they're just not working on anything new. Right? No, not working on anything new. No. Like it's not going to fuck with episodes that are, you know, stuff that's due. Like Secret Invasion is supposed to come out next month. If that gets delayed, I'm going to be sad. <laughs> but I understand. But yeah, no, <clears throat> I 100% agree because I've said this before and I'll say it again until the day I die, until it actually happens. I think, don't get me wrong, actors deserve to get paid a good amount of money but I don't think they deserve quite as much money as, as they currently get. I think you need to kind of chomp that back a little bit and distribute it among not just the writers, but like Everybody. people who design sets and things like that. Because, I mean, they don't get paid near as... Visual effects people. Right. Visual effects people have been busting their balls for Marvel and, and you know, working, working like ridiculous hours. Yep. And I'm sure they're not getting paid near enough for their efforts. Probably not. And I think that's a big thing is I don't think there's a guild for the crew. Like there's you have the actors guild, you have a director's guild and you've got the writers guild. There well, probably ought to be. There ought to be a, some sort of union. A union for, like for VFX and all that for yeah. crew, for all the crew, VFX crew, your stunts, stunt coordinators. Because when you take a look at how what the paydays people get, like Robert Downey Jr., Will Smith, how much they get paid to do this one movie. Mm hmm. They would have nothing to do if someone didn't write it. Nope. If someone didn't make a set. If somebody didn't step in and do the stunts so Will Smith doesn't break his neck. Right. But, yeah. So, and, and directors, I think, get paid pretty well because their name is on it. Like, I directed it. But who the people who are making the most of the money, besides the A-list actors who are headlining it, your studios and your producers. Mm-hmm. And it's not trickling down. Sorry, trickle down economics is bullshit. The crew and your writing staff, none of those are getting it. And they're the like the writers, especially nobody would have anything to do if somebody didn't put words on a piece of paper. Yep. Your set designers would have no idea what the set should look like. <laughs> so they are kind of the linchpin of this industry that treats them like garbage. Yeah, and I, like I said, I just, I, I fully think that, you know, a lot of the money that goes, I mean, not, because I mean, good God, if you're given, like, say, for example, you get 20 million a picture, cut that in half, cut it to like 10 million and spread that other 10 million out among all of the diff, all of the crew. I bet it makes a hell of a difference. Yeah. And maybe you should give the crew and see, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure they get paid scale and they get paid. And when the job is done, that's it. They go on to the next job. A lot of these crew people, they got to keep working and keep hustling and go from one project to another, to another. Right. Yeah. But you would think, all right, <clears throat> Mario brothers, $2 billion in the box office. Maybe we should, you know, give some of that, to the VFX crew and the animators right. who made the fucking thing. Right, yeah. And not just keep giving residuals to Chris Pratt and Charlie. 
Yeah. And I mean, they, they deserve it, but they're the voice actors for that. Like. Same thing with like an end game, as much money as it made. Who gets all that money? I'll go straight to the studios, producers. Maybe the actors get a nice little chunk, be, of, a chunk on the back end. <laughs> to be fair, Endgame had a fuck lot more actors in it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as <clears throat> much money as it made, but I'm, yeah, I'm no, sure it's, actors it's negotiate, still... they get this much of an advance, and then you get this percentage of box office. Some yeah. people get this percentage of marketing, kind of like Jack Nicholson's deal on uh, Batman. Right. Which was the deal that... Danny DeVito got same similar deal um, when it comes to merchandising and stuff like that, getting getting some chunks of that. You probably ought to consider giving a percentage of that kind of to the people who made the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could we honestly could harp about this all day. And but... maybe and maybe we're going to get to that point. I don't know. I'd like to think that as old Hollywood dies off. And you get newer Hollywood taking over who people who actually, you know, give a crap about treating people with decency and value. Well, and that's <clears throat> that's not necessarily to say that old Hollywood doesn't want to. I'm some of them probably not, but like I'd like to th I would like to think that Spielberg actually gives a shit about Spielberg, Spielberg's kind of like punk rock uh, of Hollywood. Like he's he's always kind of been that. Well, yeah, he's especially when we start with like Jaws and like. He's he's been indie, not Indiana Jones, which is also him. But <laughs> he's been kind of a punk rock independent filmmaker, like making B movies that have broken the barrier, become A movies. Like yeah. So I think at his core, I want to say Spielberg is probably still that guy. Mm -hmm. And like Tarantino, I'm sure Tarantino he... probably is. I mean, he uses the same actors every time though, so they're. <laughs> I know, I mean, Kevin is, but again, Kevin's also in the same boat as Tarantino, and, like, he he has the same kind of cast of players that he yeah. uses. He probably, because he wants to use them, he, his budgets are a little lower because studios don't want to pay for people, like, how he, how, how he had to agree to less money on Mallrats to be able to get Jay cast as Jay. Yeah. Where they wanted, like, Breck and Meyer. Right. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, people like that, if we can get more Tarantino's and more punk rock Spielberg's and Kevin Smith's James Gunn's. Yeah. You, you get them taking over Hollywood. And like, I know James Gunn's big thing about DC was he was going to celebrate the writers. It's celebrating the writers who write this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like he's already on board for let's try to find a way to celebrate everybody who makes this magic happen. Right. <laughs> Cause it, I mean, we call it movie magic, like Tim Burton's Hollywood magic thing, but it's not magic. There's people involved. Oh yeah. That have to, some of them have to freaking conjure up miracles to make things happen. Again, specifically, I cite the VFX department. Yes. A lot of those are like, Oh, we need to be able to do this thing. We can't do it yet. Let's create the thing to do it. Right. That's the entire reason Star Wars. Yeah. That's the entire reason ILM became a thing. Yep. That was exactly what I was thinking of was <laughs> yeah. ILM. So, yeah, you have. Even fucking Weta down in, you know, for Lord of the Rings, you know. Hey, we need someone to we we don't have we don't. <clears throat> how the hell are we going to make props for like hobbits and elves and dwarves and shit? 
I don't know, fucking make a company and do it. All right. <laughs> yep, here's some money. Go do it. So, yeah. I mean, you gotta... It's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Just, I mean, looking at the pictures I've got from the different conventions, wouldn't it be really cool to have a convention? This would be, like, we're talking, this is like peak nerddom. Would be a convention where your celebrity guests are literal crew members. Like... I was the head VFX for Endgame. We did. <clears throat> I mean, kind of in the 80s, you kind of have that a little bit with like horror, horror uh, makeup people mm -hmm. like Tom Savini. And you do kind of still get that, especially in the horror community. Yeah, they still do kind of celebrate the prop people, the stunt people. Yeah. And like they don't care. Like if you were wearing the hockey mask at any point in a Jason movie, those people love you. Yeah. Even if you're the stunt dude who got hit by a car one time in one movie. Right, exactly. And you're not Kane <clears throat> Hodder, who everyone knows Kane Hodder, he's Jason. Or everybody knows Gunnar Hansen is, uh, as Leatherface. Leatherface. Which uh, I hear he was an absolute sweetheart of a man. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked uh, Brian O'Halloran about that because they were in a movie together Aww. called Brutal Massacre. Yeah. If you've not seen it, it's hilarious. You need to watch it. All right, I'll check that out. And anybody else out there who has not seen Brutal Massacre, you need to watch it. Yeah, Brian O'Halloran was in it with Gunnar Hansen. He said, oh, he was, like, absolute sweetheart. There was another VFX guy that I fucking adored, and I cannot remember the his well, name. Well, you've he, got Harryhausen. He passed away. Harryhausen, I, I do admire him as well. Um, Early effects. No, this guy passed away, like, a few years ago, and uh, I was really sad about I'm it. I'm trying to think who did the who did the walrus suit for Tusk. <laughs> he was a big name. Like, it was... <laughs> ah, I'm going to have to look that up because it was a big name who did a lot of I think he did stuff on like American Werewolf in London like yeah see that's the one I'm thinking of um oh god damn it Rich Baker Baker yeah is it Rick Baker Rick Baker click 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 yeah Rick Baker was another one that was very big on stuff like that very big in that world Stan Winston, that's who Stan I was Stan Winston's of. the other one, yes. Stan Winston. I knew it would come to me if I thought about it for a second. Yeah, so yeah, people like that, that's cool that, you know, but then again, you have to be like, almost a film nerd. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, you've got these people who've been doing so many iconic things, making effects, like, you know, Harryhausen was freaking Jason and the Argonauts and mm -hmm. Clash of the Titans, to the point where his name is in freaking Monsters, Inc., the restaurant that they go to. <laughs> Fancy yep, dining. Harryhausen's. Harryhausen's. So there we go. The people. I love little shit like that. Pixar. Like celebrating nice. the people who came before for the <clears> effects. <throat> mm -hmm. And and look, look at the, these guys. They were doing practical effects. They're, I mean, they weren't even doing the computer generated effects, which I'm not saying one is any better than the other. Sometimes you can tell the difference. <laughs> And that's yeah. a budget thing. That's definitely, here's how much we're going to give you for VFX. And you're like, huh, y'all better be happy with 8-bit because that's about right? what you just yeah. paid for. <laughs> <laughs> you want pixelated blood, got you. Well, and in, and in, you know, there are some films where, you know, <clears throat> all, the, all the money in the world couldn't have helped with the technology that you had at the time. It, it, particularly, in, particularly in computer effects departments. Like anything from like 
anything from like 2000 to like 2010, you get varying, big varying degrees of how good the the visual, the computer effects are, give any given movie. <laughs> you have Lord of the Rings, which is fucking amazing. And then you have, you know, some of the visual effects in like Spawn or yeah. like... I remember watching the first Spawn movie in 97, am I yeah. right? And watching the effects they did on the suit and thinking, my God, they need to do Venom. They need to do Venom. Right. And then so many years later, we got Venom. But we got Venom with the same type of VFX that they used on Spawn in 97. <laughs> <laughs> when Venom came out in like, what, the 2000s? Yeah, like well. the first Venom. The Topher Grace of it. Yeah. But yeah, you see that. I like the VFX on Spawn because it made me go, if we can do that, we right. can do this. <laughs> yeah. And then like, <laughs> and then like just the difference between Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, it's like God. night and day. <laughs> like, like clearly the first one had the budget. <laughs> clearly. I They're apparently going to do a sequel to the uh, newer one. Thank you. God. Still, I, I've read a little bit about it. Not a lot. Oh. Uh, supposedly there's a trailer for the second part of Dune, but I haven't <laughs> watched it yet. I'm excited because I liked the first one. Yeah. I really did. thought it was great. Um, Obviously, I'm looking forward to Guardians 3. That's going to be a Mother's Day present because my mom loves the Guardians. That's her favorite. The Marvel. trailer keeps playing since you've been gone. Like... Ronnie James Dio. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is it Rainbow, right? Yeah, yeah, Rainbow. Rainbow. I keep hearing that, like, the trailer. I'm like, he's going to put... It's not Dio, Dio, but it's still Dio singing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's Dio, and he's going to be on the soundtrack for Guardians <clears throat> 3. That's amazing. That's, yeah. Fuck yeah, it is. I wonder if he ever gets intimidated at this point when he's picking a soundtrack going, man, I set the bar pretty high. <laughs> for Can't fuck Guardians, now. With Guardians 1. Man, I followed it up for Guardians 2. They were a little weak couple of weeks selections like there's a better p-funk song than flashlight i don't know i fucking loved it uh, i liked it too but i'm there especially especially when they they did the um the version with fuck no wait was that a that was a completely different song wasn't it the hassle off one yes that was that was like an original yeah my bad dumpster <laughs> fire weirdo thing but fuck yeah flashlight I liked um, they um, and I liked the use of uh, free your mind and your ass will follow in um, uh, Ash and Evil Dead, Ash versus Evil Dead. I thought the use of that was pretty good. That's another one I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen Evil Dead Rise. I'm probably just going to wait and buy it because I know that's what I'm just going to own. Heard it's gory. Heard it's good. Excellent. I haven't even watched the one before it. I think I have the... You haven't watched the remake? I haven't, no. I think I have it somewhere. <clears throat> like, it's pretty I, good, actually. I think I got it when Blockbuster still had, like, a DVD service they mailed you. DVDs. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of that... And they stopped, and it was like, hey, we're going to be stopping this service, so if you don't want to return the DVD you have, that's fine, you can keep it. And the one I had was Evil Dead. It, I don't know, it's somewhere in that pile of DVDs. Speaking of... Netflix is getting ready to end their DVD program. Uh -huh. I remember not, Blockbuster was trying to combat that. At one point, they were doing that, and Blockbuster had their own, like, on-demand. Yeah. 
I'm kind of sad about that because I actually did still get DVDs from them. <laughs> um, for reasons that I will not say over here over the program because I don't want to get legal trouble. It involves the Black Pearl. <laughs> yeah, sure. And a treasure chest, and a map. I'm calling yeah. you a pirate, sir. <laughs> no, I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm dumb. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I'm kind of sad that they're phasing that out because I I use theirs specifically for hard to find ones that I'd like. I can't find them on streaming, or I can't, or hey, I, if I buy this, it's going to cost me you know three hundred dollars. <laughs> you know. Like, for example, what I have at home is the Blu-ray of Red State. You know how fucking hard that is to find? <laughs> find you. It's well, but... Yeah, it is. But, no, seriously, go on, go on fucking Amazon right now and try to buy it. You want to find something that's hard to find is Dogma. Can't find that one Can't either. Can't find that anywhere. Even Kevin admits. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. If you've got a Criterion or you've got a Collector's Edition, <clears throat> hold on to that because there's none out in circulation anymore. No. And, and Weinstein is not, not going to hear the price. I was that. about to say Dogma is Dogma's one. It's 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 not likely that they're going to reissue that one anymore. Until soon. Weinstein dies in prison, and then they'll pry it from his cold dead fingers, and Kevin can get it back. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Which he has a theater in Jersey now. Kevin does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's opened up a movie theater, Smodco Cinemas. Nice. And they they host like it's almost. I want to say it's kind of like Draft House. And that they play oh bitching weird movies yeah and Kevin will do like we're gonna do chasing Amy followed by a panel and a Q and A and we were doing th something for the twentieth anniversary of uh, Jay and Bob Strike Back nice I think they showed Slacker there did you see that um, he I guess he had some sort of uh, mental health crisis I did I watched his uh, video. Um, I have not watched it. On People. Go to YouTube, uh, People Magazine. You can look up Kevin Smith. It's a 35-minute confession. Uh, Shit. And it's a pretty good reason as to why he is no longer smoking the green. Okay. It was helping him deal with reality as far as to, you know, separate from reality. And he was having a break. And uh, a break with reality. And he was uh, dissociating. And he was not present for anything. Because he was 24-7, he was baked. Right. Like, it wasn't like he would... I think he could... I think, and he may even admit in this video, fooled himself by saying, as long as I'm being productive, I'll smoke. Right. But then I think it ended up becoming, like, just... Just, just you know, existing... He eventually became dependent on Happy it. in this little, little green cloud. Kind of, You kind of, to a certain degree, become dependent on it. I, I do believe that... It served its purpose. I don't want to go into too many of the details on this because Kevin's already blasted it. When we hit stop, I'll let you know what he talked about. <laughs> okay. Uh, but. Well, we're going to have to do that in a couple minutes anyway. Yeah, so I feel like it served its purpose. He he really started it really bad around the time Red State came out. When he, you know, bought the movie from himself for a dollar and he was going to take it on the road and he was basically giving a middle finger to the whole way the industry works as far as to auctioning off movies type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, people, you know, on the internet tell him he's lost his damn mind and blah, 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 all that crap. And, uh, he started then, I believe. 
if my timetable in my head's correct. And it served its purpose. It got him through that. And it got him through the heart attack. Yeah. That's the reason he's alive from the heart attack. Yep. And it served its purpose. I believe it's probably overstayed its welcome. <laughs> sure, sure. And so, uh, yes, Hi Kevin is what gave us Tusk and Yoga Hosers and Clerks 3, which is Clerk Clerks 3 is a beautiful movie. And Jay and Bob reboot. It, it's just Jay and Bob strike back just with a reboot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even though he was probably baked when he came up with the idea, it's pretty meta, very self-deprecating, and very self-aware for mm. Jay and Bob reboot. And coming from the guy who made Mallrats, you're probably not going to expect self-aware. So, and I don't have those aren't even out yet. I don't have any of those. You have Red State. I do have Red State. May I borrow that from you so I can send my copy back to Netflix? Yeah, that's Sweet. fine. So that's all we've got here in the nerd lounge where all nerd things are cool. Um, I would say that, you know, hey, Hollywood, you need to hire us. But if you did, we'd have to join the Writers Guild and then, you know, we'd be on strike. <laughs> we're so, not we're not jumping picket lines. I'm not so a, don't hire us today. I'm not a scab. Sorry. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're not. We're, so do hire us, but hire us when you hire everybody else back and give them fair wages, please. Yes. Unless, of course, you're doing animation or video games that don't require being a part of the guild. I'll help you with that. Sure. Yeah. I can help storyboard another Jedi game. All right. Oh, uh, we should also note that we are probably going to be on hiatus for a little <laughs> bit because Brockter Jones has a new job. But we're not 100% sure what his schedule is going to yeah. be. Yeah. Schedule sounds like it's going to be chaos. So I'll have to figure out where things can uh, fall in line. So this is a the radio silence is solidarity for the writer strike until it's over. And then maybe a prolonged <laughs> sure. show of support. So, uh, hey, Hollywood. You uh, eventually, eventually hire us and pay the writers for streaming better. Jesus. Yeah, please. Come on, Jesus.